How are you doing, everybody? It's me. It's Mark Keith. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Thank you guys for joining me on the Punchy Panda Podcast episode two. Welcome, all you fight fans. We had a big weekend coming up. This is going to be very much MMA heavy in the beginning of the show, just like always. We're going to circle back to the anime world. I'm going to also talk about, of course, that wonderful Avengers 4 trailer news coming out of Shonen Jump also. So just stick tuned, kick back and get informed of course first things coming up this weekend was the massive card in toronto canada ufc 231 holloway versus ortega a lot coming into the fight about the health of max holloway you know first time fighting after such a long layoff a whole year but he showed up and he showed out. The jab was incredible. The combinations, indomitable. And he really st- stood apart in that 145-pound division. Of course, Max Holloway defeating Brian Ortega at the end of the fourth round um, TKO. He had a broken nose and a broken thumb. His eye was almost swelled shut. I'm going to take it from the words of Dana White. He was too tough for his own good. He leaned on that Mexican blood a little too much. His striking just wasn't there. Uh, As I mentioned on the um, previous podcast, the most hit fighter in the featherweight division versus the most successful striker in the featherweight division at the time. So it played out exactly how it was supposed to. Max Holloway, of course, imprinted his stamp on the division and even in the pound for pound rankings um an amazing stat that i found that he landed 290 significant strikes that's the most of any fighter in any fight in ufc history so that is gonna push him and propel him to the top of that pound per pound ranking whatever pound per pound means man it was i was blown away I have to watch that fight several times over. The combinations that he used against Ortega, who did have moments. It wasn't a complete wash. It was was stuff of legends, really. Wow. And we're just going to move from that into the co-main event. Joanna versus Valentina again played out very much like a lot of people thought. We have Valentina winning a unanimous decision. Um, Honestly... Uh, like I said, I had to rewatch the fight. I wasn't scoring it as I was uh, watching it. It seemed like it was like maybe four rounds to one. Maybe, you know, in my heart, I can give three, two rounds to Ioana. But it was more Valentina showing her dominance and why she is the champion at 100. And well, was pegged to be the champion at 125 pounds. Um not really much to say. Really, it was a route by Valentina. She had an amazing back, spinning back kicks and front kicks to the face and body, which was very impressive. Her counter ability was on point, just like it always is for her. And the one thing that I truly, truly liked about the fight, that even when she decided to come forward, when Valentina decided to come forward, she was the aggressor at times. And that was something that I didn't expect. I thought she would spend the whole fight countering, which is what she mostly did. But she definitely did have those moments where she was the aggressor and showing, you know, hey, I'm here in the 125-pound division. I can grapple in the 125-pound division. And this is my division. Speaking with her division, we had a huge upset. 
coming in. Well, as far as the rankings go on the prelims, I'm just going to shout out a local um, from Cleveland, the wonderful, wonderful Jessica I defeating um, Caitlin Chukagian via split decision. Honestly, I did not have her winning on my scorecard. Again, watching live, not putting in all my numbers where they're supposed to. I but I did have Chukagian up after that late um, flurry at the end of round three. I feel like she did great at range. And her kicks were very impressive. But at the same time, um, as John Anik noted, the strikes were basically identical. And when striking is identical, you go to forward pressure. And, of course, Jessica, I was moving forward the entire fight. Um, I love the line that she had about wearing her red panties. And you got to remember, she's she fought Misha Tate in a title eliminator. She's came back from four fights losing in a row. I paid good money at um, UFC 210 to watch her lose the bitch. And now she's 3-0. She said this was her division for a long time. She actually has more UFC experience than Valentina. And I think that makes a very compelling fight later on in the year and coming up in 2019. And, hey, I'm a little biased. If she wins the belt, maybe her and Steve Bay can come back to Cleveland. That'd be wonderful. Just an all-around great fight. For Jessica I again, even though I didn't score for her, she did do very well in that fight, and it was very close. Some other notes I want to pull out from UFC 231. We have, I just want to note on the divisions a little bit about the fly the flyweight division. It, you know, Jukagian, I thought was, you know, a shoe-in. After I saw her fight against, um, Liz Carmouche in that losing effort, I thought, you know, once she drops down her weight, it's her and Valentina and everybody else is playing chicken. But it turns out that we have a little bit more depth. Now we can see what um, um, Nika Montano has and um, Roxanne Monteferi. And, so, you know, that, I think that would be a great fight for her. Chukagan versus Monteferi looks like a great fight. And also I want to note on the, um, the, um, the, he- the light heavyweight division, there's no one I want to see more against Tiago Santos than Chris Weidman. I never thought in a million years that Tiago Santos would be going to the run that he has at light heavyweight. But to see what he did, the Jimmy Manwa, who trains with Alexander Gustin, who's fought the top of the division, was unbelievable. I'm talking about smoking guns a-blazing. It was Incredible from the the word go. And I feel like because he got off first, he was the first one to initiate damage and, and close the distance and get into his range. He was able to win that fight. But we have Anthony Smith coming up. We've had, um, of course, um, Jerry Cannonier who just dropped down. We have your boy who maybe should move back up. It just seems like a lot of the big middleweights have had endurance issues should just go up to 205 and they're they're blowing the doors off these old folks they're blowing the doors off of the old guard and a new guard is starting to emerge a much younger guard tiago santos and anthony smith anthony smith is only dominic reyes these young guys are pushing the old out in an alarming rate in 2018 so, like I mentioned, three fight losing streak. I'm I'm so I'm so 
Sorry, I'm taking nothing away. Absolutely nothing away from Tiago Santos. But I feel like the heavy wrestlers are going to drown him in the middleweight division. I'm sorry, in the heavyweight, in the light heavyweight division. And I fear the same thing from a lot of these middleweights coming up. But the power translates. And that's what everybody has to be afraid of. Do I think that rush, bum rush shit's going to work against John Jones? Probably not. But if you're standing on the feet, he has a chance. And that's why I want to see Chris Weidman come up. Because remember, he knocked on Anderson, Anderson Silva on the feet. And his grappling is amazing. If he can handle the grapplers in 205, I feel like he'll have a great showing. I know everybody's hyped on Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold, but let's be honest. Luke Rockhold's the new Mr. Glass, and Yoel Romero's 45,000 years old. So I want to see someone who's former champion, who still looked like, like he was in that Jacare fight before he got finished. The same way with the Yoel Romero fight. I know he's been finished by strikes and going up seems a little bit woozy and a little scary for his health. But hear me out. He can grapple with those big boys. And if he can get down a striker in that division, he, we can, we, we've seen what he can do on the ground. So I feel like that's the greatest move for him. I feel like that's the next fight for Tiago Santos is to fight a, a former world champion. Listen, he just took out the number seven guy in the world. Get him a former champion, a named guy under his belt. Introduce Weidman to the light heavyweight division. And we got things going. We know Anthony Smith has got that title shot wrapped up. Dominic Reyes is on the up and cu- is on the up and up. You know, OSP just lost, and you know the division is getting a little bit clearer. So, all I'm saying is, throwing another champion. It'll look great. Speaking of looking great and champions, did you see that? Did you guys see that teaser? Yeah. I'm a big WWE fan. I've always been growing up. And I just love belts. I love new belts. I love people having belts. I'm a big double, um, champ champ guy. Because of more belts. And now they're, it looks like they're introducing a new, a brand new UFC title. A new UFC championship belt will be unavailed before the end of the year. And will be strapped around, more than likely, John Coquette Jones. That's a great visual. Bring in the new year, new champ, new belt, and that'll be great. And hopefully Chris Cyborg wins so that we don't have to do that weird champ champ thing with two belts and they're different looking strange. Anyways, it looks great. Also, I saw um, country plates in the teaser. That makes me feel like an octagon has eight sides. Eight sides of eight different countries. We have United States, United Kingdom. Ireland, of course, for Conor McGregor, um, Australia, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, and Japan. The eight most prevalent countries of mixed martial arts. If I'm missing one, just let me know in the comments. You can always hit me up on Twitter at the Proxy Pharaoh. Keep good, Keith, always. Hit me up at Keep Good Keith on Twitter if you think there's any, if there's any you know, any gaseous theory. Of course, I would not I would um, be remiss if I didn't mention the big win by Gunnar Nelson. Things looked rocky in the first round. Cowboy Oliveira is a savage. Such a savage. And 
It looked like things were going good for him. He was even daring to go to the ground with Gunnar Nelson. He was getting out of that stuff. I did not know he was such a great grappler. That impressed me. At 30 years of age, he can only get better. But at the end, that elbow, immediate. It, it was like, like they said on the broadcast, horror movie. It was frightening. And he was bludgeoned opened up and you could see the blood just spray from him as Gunnar Nelson seeks in the choke. I think he was going to quit even before the choke. He might have got, um, that might have been a, um, a Cyborg Santos moment. Goodness gracious. Uh, anything else I want to bring up from USC 231 before I close it out? Max Holloway, not talking shit, but talking facts in between the rounds. Joe Rogan, that was amazing. Um, the heart of Ortega. Um, the Valentina future it looks like it's going to be Jessica I next year. Joanna Dana White wants her to go back down, but um, maybe we can do the trilogy fight with um, Claudia Gadelia since they're both coming off losses. You know, maybe that's something. I mean, it would have, I, the only thing is I would want it to be five rounds, and I can't see that making that a main event anywhere. Maybe an ESPN made it, uh, ESPN Plus main event. That sounds nice. Joanna versus Gadelia three. See exactly where they're at in the division? For sure. For sure. At Keith, at Keep Good Keith on Twitter. You can always send me your requests or you can always leave me a message on Anchor. That's my podcast host site. Thank you, Anchor, so much for giving me this platform. Also, you can listen to me on Google Podcasts and Apple. So I hope you guys are enjoying listening. We're going to stay in a world of fighting, but we're going to speak on boxing. A lot of boxing things happened this weekend. Of course, Lomachenko and Pedraza's unification bout for the WBO and WBA lightweight championship was well more entertaining and very and um, more competitive than I thought it was. Very interesting, the body work and the way that Pedraza's head movement also had Lomachenko not only second guessing his strikes but also had him on the defensive at times which I thought was pretty amazing also amazing that Pedraza did not get stopped in the 11th after two vicious body shots dropped him it was a pretty close fight as the commentators mentioned up until that point and then Lomachenko just entered Loma mode and just blew through him I'm just it's just when he starts moving using that footwork and popping that triple jab out Throwing that right right down the middle and connecting, call that Loma mode. And he had that in spades that fight. But it definitely shows that there's a place where Lomachenko is vulnerable. He learned a lot of lessons, most of those to the body in this fight. Learned a lot of lessons about head movement and in his range. And overall, he's going to be even better after this. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, um, the end of HBO Boxing. Again, I'm not the biggest boxing fan in the world, but I remember growing up before UFC was um, in my forefront that the biggest fights to watch happened on HBO, and everyone can acknowledge that. And for 45 years, they did exactly what they set out to do to produce the highest level of boxing entertainment and showcase the greatest stars in boxing. And due to their ability to do that, and the ability to put on such great events and showcase such great fighters in such an amazing sport, I have to tip my hat off to them. And hopefully everyone in that company and everyone 
that was ever a part of that HBO Boxing family. I hope well wishes, good work, great job, and I hope for success to you all in the future. Now, the last thing I want to hit on boxing is um, I saved it for the end because I don't really want to talk about it too much. It's very unfortunate that we're speaking of it. And that is, of course, Floyd Mayweather and Ryzen. It's true that another press conference has come out about the fight. It's been three days since that. So I'm waiting on the Twitter message that says that the fight's off and it was a sham. So... I'm kind of reluctant to even talk about it on this Monday, but it looks like tension looks good. Floyd looks good. Floyd has unequivocally stated that MMA is out. Kickboxing is out. I'm a boxer. I will box. Boo. It makes me very uninterested. And quite frankly, after I've seen the rule set, it makes me very un. It makes me uninterested. It's going to be an exhibition, no judges, only boxing, blah, blah, blah. No one really cares. <sighs> At least this rises up the platform for Horiguchi and Caldwell. That is at least something to look forward to in this rising the money team debacle. Ugh, goodness gracious, I'm very much over it. But hopefully... And I'm thinking that maybe if Floyd wins this and shows, I don't even know what to say. There's literally no good ending to this at all. At Keep Good Keep on Twitter, I love your responses. I love your feedback. You can always DM me or write on my post. Follow me at Keep Good Keep on Twitter. We're gonna wrap up the show with the world and the and with. Information in the world of anime and entertainment. Of course, the biggest news dropping, the Avengers 4 trailer. Wonderful trailer. Looked very great. Very sad. Tony Stark in the beginning. We've got Scarecrow moment of Thanos' armor. He's walking through his fields, just living his proper best life. It's wonderful to see Ronin show up in Japan, it looks like. Wonderful looking sword. Got the Scarlet Witch uh, reunion as well. Definitely confirms that his family was dusted. Rest in peace, Stan Lee as well. Of course, we also saw some very, very, very big steps from the Ant-Man character showing up at the very end. Ha, you see what I did there? Also, we saw a glimpse that um, Sherry is also dusted. R.I.P. Unfortunately, when the Fan favorite characters, of course, people are going to be looking forward to her coming back in Black Panther um, and Avengers Four. No Captain Marvel in the trailer, so it looks like they're going to hold off that until at least the second trailer, maybe even after Captain Marvel comes out. So that was a little bit unfortunate, but um, good stuff all around. Also, I'll be remiss, and I'm honestly the most excited about something that just dropped today. I can't believe that we have a Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming from Paramount Pictures. You know, those guys that made those Fast and the Furious movies. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. You see what I did there? You did. And I'm just, I'm rings in. I can't believe the the, the Little Runner boy is going to make it. I've been following Sonic my entire game in life. He was one of my very first games on a Sega Genesis. And I'm very excited to see him on the big screen. Wow, I wonder who's going to be his voice. 
we're gonna get Ryan Reynolds in there? Gonna get Ryan Reynolds as as Sonic? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we even do a classic voice. Again, I'm all in. I am all in. As well as we're going to stick to the gaming news, sort of. Um, after the Video Game Awards, well, during, rather, we have a trailer for the wonderful Mortal Kombat 11. Up graphics looked amazing. Zombies. What else could you ask for, really? It's going to be dropping 2020, so we got a, quite a bit of time for them to get all the twinks out, kinks out, make sure that online play is wonderful. We don't want a Red Dead or Redemption happening to us, you know? So th- I'm very excited about that as well. The most important news coming out of Japan this week, and really the only thing I wanted to focus on from the anime and manga side, was the news that Shonen Jump has made a huge change to its online platform in 2019. Starting then and going forward, there will be a same-day release schedule for all English translations for Japanese and for Japanese manga, something that I've always dreaded and something that I've always found it difficult was the translations times. It takes them so long to translate that information and it really upsets me. I want that information sooner rather than later. And when they did that, it warmed my heart with joy. Also, Dimension was free. That's right. For the first time in history, Manga will be online for free, officially, from the producer. What else could you possibly want? That is something that's going to inspire new mangaka, is going to inspire a change in Western animation, and most importantly, it's going to give me a lot of stuff to read over the next year. It's things that I wouldn't even have interest in. So I'm hoping that uh, American Comics takes this step and uses it as inspiration for them to make such a move. And overall, things are just going to get better and better from here. So good on to you, Shonen Jump. Thank you so much to whoever made that um, decision to do this. This is going to, I honestly believe this is going to have a profound impact on all animation across all platforms. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Punchy Panda Podcast will be available for you once or twice a week. Can't get out um, schedule for you guys. So just listen up. Thank you so, so much. For your support. Thank you so much for listening. I'd like to thank you for all my followers on Twitter for giving me inspiration for creating my show. And of course, thank you, loyal listeners, for giving me inspiration to keep on going and pumping out these episodes for you. Thank you so much. Follow me again at Keep Good Keep on Twitter, The Proxy Pharaoh. Thank you so much. And always, punch up!